What's going on, guys? And today's Trophy Kids, we got a good one for you today. Breaking down UFC 264, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. I am talking NBA Finals, Suns versus Bucks, and giving a little shout-out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it's a good one. It's just me. It's a quick hitter. I wanted to make sure we got some content out to you. I do apologize um, that we didn't get anything out this week. It was, it was a weird week. We love you guys. I appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for being with us. We've got some fun things coming to you in the future, as you're going to hear in the opening of this podcast. So I hope you like it, and we'll see you next week. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is July 10th, fight night. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, we are coming to you today. Sorry for not getting any content out for you this week. Uh, it's been a little bit of a weird week, but as always, I am back to break down Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, UFC 264. Needed to get that content out to you, wanted to get that content out to you. Um, next week, we will be back, though. Just kind of a, a little note here. We are reintroducing our NFL breakdown. So what we're going to be doing for the next couple weeks leading up to the NFL kickoff, we're bringing back our divisional breakdown. We're going to give you bets who we think is going to win the division. Um, it's going to be great stuff. We did a really good job with it a couple of years ago, if you remember that. Um, so very excited to bring that back to you. But we got some things to talk about before we get into the UFC 264. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Suns and four. Suns are rolling, people. I mean, this is a, a non-surprise. I said it from uh, Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals that the Suns were going to win the NBA Finals. I don't actually know if they're going to... I don't think they're going to win it in, in four games, though. Um, but, gentlemen, sweep at five. I can see that. Um, Milwaukee Bucks are struggling here. And the Suns are a well-balanced team. They are playing some of the best team basketball you've seen in a while. Um, they don't have to rely on just one guy um, to go get buckets. They're, they're getting production from all their players. All their role players are playing their jobs. Um, and it's, it's a hell of a team to watch. It, the crowd is hilarious. I mean, I think all of America is in on a trip when we go down to Arizona and seeing their fan base and the eclectic group they have down there. Um, the Suns and Four crowd is very much alive. The... The Bucks are in a tough spot, though. I mean, you look at the Bucks right now. This is what I will say: Game three, I'm gonna bet them. Um, I think that we're gonna they're gonna win Game three here. They're a much better team at home. the The problem for them is they only have one of their max stars showing up, and yes, Giannis is obviously the star, but Chris Middleton is the max player, and he's not showing up in any sense of the form. You're not getting the production you need out of him. And therefore, you're not getting what you need out of the, the rest of the team. Now, there is some thought given to the fact that Middleton sometimes plays better when, when Giannis isn't as ball-heavy. But how are you going to tell Giannis not to be ball-heavy? Um, the man's a superstar. He can do so many different things on the basketball court. So they're in a, they're in a tough spot. Um, but I do think that the travel there... What we're going to see here in Game 3 is we're going to see the Bucks kind of come back alive. We're going to see that team um, that we see periodically from them that flashes signs of, of greatness. Um, and that's the team I'm going to bet. I mean, they're minus 4 right now. Um, I believe they're going to win Game 3. And then I believe the Suns are going to win Game 4 and close it out Game 5 at home um, in front of their home crowd. It's going to be a gentleman's sweep. Uh, still, in my mind, a, a Suns and 4 there. Uh, but they are, they are the superior team right now. Devin Booker 
is the man. I mean, playing with just a broken face and just going through it. Um, Aiton is playing crazy good, too. And then you got Chris Paul, who is, once again, you know, reintroducing himself, I think, to some some people, the more casual fans, is still being a super good, super reliable point guard. I mean, the guy is tough. He'll get you tough buckets when you need to. He'll show you leadership. He'll call game when he needs to call game. Um, the guy is playing great basketball. The whole team, once again, is playing great basketball. I cannot state that enough. Um, but, yeah, Suns, Suns in five, really. But we're going to keep the Suns in four because it's fun to say. Um, and Giannis is it's a one-man wrecking crew right now, and, and that's not how you're going to win an NBA Finals. That's not how you're going to win, um, really go this far. It's, it's amazing they go this far, but they got more uh, production out of uh, their guys in other rounds, and we'll see. I am worried about Giannis's leg, though. It looks like it's going to explode every time he goes to the rim, but we'll see. Um, moving on, though, because what we're here for. We're here for a quick hitter on the UFC 264, getting content out to you around this. I could not come out and not support my boy Conor McGregor, give you a show in on this one, but this fight's tough, man. UFC 264, it's a good card. I mean, you're leading off with Sean O'Malley. I feel bad for uh, the replacement here that got called in, and Chris, I, I can't even pronounce his name, uh, Muto or whatever. Um, his, it's his UFC debut, and you're getting Chris O'Malley, who for at the bantamweight division is big, he's strong. He is one of the most creative fighters in the ring right now. I mean, he is not afraid to throw anything at any time. Um, incredible creativity. Gonna Is the real contender for the bantamweight belt phenomenal fighter right now um and chris is just getting fed to the lines i mean there were so many other fights you could have made to to lead this card off um it's a little weird that this is the one that the ufc went with in my opinion um i don't i don't love it but maybe you know the ufc scouting division saw something in chris that made this matchup enticing to them obviously i don't see it i don't think he has a whole lot of chances here i mean his chance is going to be what we're talking about in the the poirier fight here is he's just got to throw leg crick kicks um try to throw those calf kicks see if he can immobilize sean that way if he does then this fight becomes a little bit more fair it becomes a little bit more handicapped if sean isn't checking those you know okay then then we got a fight um but if he he isn't well or if he is then sean's gonna murk him here um i bet ko here i think sean's gonna put him down pretty quickly um it's one of the very few bets i would actually even place there's not a whole lot of value but it's I'm I'm fairly confident um, in that one. Uh, now, you know my saying on on UFC betting, I wouldn't put much on any any fight. Um, there's very rarely a time where I look at a fight and go, yeah, I want to put some real money down on this because the the values aren't there. It's any man's game. Uh, I mean, Sean's a minus one thousand, so I'm not really gonna bet it. Um, but you bet the knockout, it becomes a little bit. Um, a little bit more enticing, um, you know, it's minus 400, still not great odds. Um, you know, you could maybe go second round or third round and make it a little bit more enticing. Once again, the UFC's hard. It's hard to find value bets. Um, but if you're like, I want to pick, my pick is, you know, Sean O'Malley knockout. Um, then you look at the rest of this card. Fuck Greg Hardy, we're not talking about it. The women's fight is about as even as you can get. I don't really know... I don't really love a, a pick there. I mean, they are so evenly matched. That's a great, great matchup in the women's bantamweight division. Um, and we'll see there. The fight that really gets it gets it going, though, is Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson, Wonderboy, at the welterweight division, which is a division filled 
with apex predators in the cage. I mean, the welterweight division at the top of this division is the most, I'm going to say, the most skilled, the most exciting, the toughest division. I mean, at the top of it, you have Kamaru Usman, who is right now, in my opinion, pound for pound, the best fighter in the UFC. I know people are going to go John Jones. John Jones has been way too inactive. We haven't seen him fight in a long time. And Usman is absolutely murking people in a division filled with sharks. I mean, it's incredible um, what he is doing right now in the welterweight division. I have been saying for a very long time, well before he became champion, that when it's all said and done, Kamara Usman will go down as the greatest fighter we have ever seen. I think he has that potential. Um, I now I'm very committed to that take. But Gilbert Burns, Wonder Boy. <sighs> It's, a, it's an interesting fight. I mean, Gilbert Burns is a hell of a hell of a fighter. He presents a lot of different challenges to Wonderboy, but Wonderboy's got the one thing that if you have it, it is one of the ultimate weapons you can use, and it is that high head kick that he lands with precision, laser beam accuracy in his striking. Um, the man's been doing it forever. He has, I think he's, what, 57-0 and in his kickboxing career, a world champ kickboxer. He's 16, 14, and 1 in the UFC. He has incredible, incredible striking. Um, I expect Gilbert to not keep this uh, on the feet. Uh, I believe he's going to try to bring it down. That's that's his real play here. Um, he's got to be careful on his way in. But uh, I like Thompson because I, I want... I think it's going to be an exciting fight. I think Burns is going to. I think Burns coming off that loss against Usman, that that loss was so frustrating to him. You saw him break down in the cage. He put so much work into it. It is. It's hard when you lose in that fashion, when you're dominated like that, to then come back and not try to push it, to not um, fight, to fight your game. It's hard to fight your game um, and to improve. Now, now the greats will do it. The the guys that are real true. Uh, contenders and champions and, and real cut fighters, similar to Dustin Poirier's story, where you know he gets knocked down a lot, but he learns from it and he comes back stronger. Um, we're going to learn a lot about Burns here. You know, what does he look like off a challenging loss like that? I think he's, I think he's going to get out of his element here. I think he's going to push it a little too hard. Um, but once again, am I confident enough to bet that? Mm, no, I mean the value is a little bit more. It's towards Burns. I mean he's plus one thirty-five. Wonder Boy's minus 165. Not terrible um, betting there, but if I had to make a pick, I'm going to take Wonder Boy, but I'm, I'm not very confident. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, the only reason I'm picking him right now is his striking is such next level, and I think Burns is going to push it a little bit here. I think he's going to I think he's gonna make some mistakes, some uncomfortable mistakes, and we'll see. Um, but main fight... Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, the return of Mystic Mac since his unfortunate loss uh, to Dustin Poirier. This is an interesting fight. This is the fight that's been talked about. It's the fight that everybody wants to see. It's what makes this the, one of the most anticipated cards of the year because it is going to determine the direction of not only this division, but the direction of Conor McGregor's career as it as it kind of comes to an end. Um, the lightweight is in an interesting position. Charles Olivar is obviously the champion. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are fighting for a chance to be belt contenders. Conor McGregor, it's a legacy fight for him. Dustin Poirier, it is a chance to continue to move down the path of being a champion, a great champion, what he wants to be. Um, the take in the media is if Conor loses this fight, his career's over. I don't agree with that. I believe his champion aspirations are over. Um, I believe there are still fights to be made. You know, we got a Nate Diaz uh, third fight here. 
um, if to complete the trilogy, if he does lose, I think that's still a fight you can make. And I think Rafael's descendants, which we saw today, is getting a little heated. Um, that could be a fight to make if he loses. Dustin, if he wins, obviously, now he's got a chance to be in the conversation for, to compete for the lightweight belt again. Dustin Poirier, on the other hand, you know, he's still he's still in the in the kind of height of his career. He's not in a position where even if he loses this, he's in a bad spot because he's losing to Conor McGregor. Really, he's in a, a win-win position um, as long as he doesn't lose badly, which I don't think he is. So let's talk about the matchup in and of itself. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. This <clears throat> fight right now is going to play out pretty much exactly like it did last time unless Conor has changed. Conor McGregor has, since he has made the transition of boxing, he has at times changed his stance. He has shortened it. He has wanted to fight. You see him in more of a traditional boxing stance instead of that kind of awkward, lengthy, kind of kickboxing hybrid stance he had when he was so fluid, when he moved like water, when he was an absolute cobra in the ring, and he could recoil and strike at a moment's notice and knock you the fuck out. Um, he has shortened that at times. You have seen him try to push fights um, and keep it up on the feet when it it and he and that that can be an advantage if you're going for the knockout and you're fighting a guy who doesn't like to fight close quarters, who doesn't who prefers to control the ring, who who's a little off put when you have somebody that that is kind of controlling the center of the ring, who's pushing the fight towards you. But it doesn't allow, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen, Connor to really kind of see incoming blows. And this was put on display in the Dustin Poirier because Dustin Poirier did what is the hottest thing in the UFC right now, and that is execute the leg kicks perfectly. And Connor wasn't wasn't checking them. I, I don't believe he was in great position to check them. Um, and you saw that sort of immobilize him, weaken his power. We all know that as Connor goes later into fights, you bring him into the deeper water. The juice isn't as there. Um, there is some exhaustion problems there, even though he's in great shape. His output um, is so high in those first couple rounds. He goes balls to the walls right out the gate. Um, they were effective. And then Diamond Hands went to work, and Dustin Poirier executed that game hand perfectly. So going into this fight, you know, Connor had some opportunities there where he kind of stunned Dustin. He, he might have been able to put him down if, if the punch landed slightly differently. I mean, we're talking centimeters, inches, delivered a little bit more power. Um, so there's that chance. You know, if he changes nothing, you know, Connor can still starch a motherfucker at any moment. But he's got to change that stance up a little bit. He's got, he is, he looks, you know, there's that famous press conference. He looks like what he was talking about in the light of division. He is as stiff as a board right now. He is not fluid. And I hate to see that. I love Connor. I want him as a fighter. I want him to succeed here. I mean, I back my Irishman 110%. I'm going to be wearing the Irish colors tonight on my sleeve. Um, but <sighs> he's got to change it up. If he doesn't, I think Dustin Poirier is going to execute a very similar plan. I think I think the plan here, if I'm Dustin Poirier, is I try to weather the storm a little bit. I see what he does. If he's trying to push it, okay, great. I'm going to try to catch him with some leg kicks on the way in. I may even try to take him down a couple times here. Um, and we're going to exhaust him. We're going to bring him into the deep waters. We're going to bring him into the deeper rounds, and then I'm going to let my diamond hands go to work. And that that's the game plan. And so if you're looking at this from a bad standpoint, I will never, I will lose money till the day I die betting Conor McGregor. I will never go against him here. I'm betting small amounts here um, just to get the taste on it. I'll bet him probably for a knockout here. I don't know if I'll bet a round. But if you're somebody who wants to kind of take a flyer here, 
doesn't have any allegiance. You're not you're not backing your Irish blood if you're an Irishman, or you don't give a fuck about any of that. Um, you just want a, a bet. There is an enticing bet out there. It's Dustin Poirier knockout third round. Um, and this goes into that theory that I do think, I mean, the knockout could come early. We know that. With these two dudes, they can start to do. But we know Dustin has a strong, strong chin. Um, and we know that he could go deep into rounds. Now, Dustin Poirier winning in round three is plus 850. Dustin Poirier winning by knockout, stoppage, KO, round three is plus 1,000. That is an enticing bet. That is a value pick, I think, there. Now, once again, these are incredibly risky bets. These are incredible. Like, I I would not go into it expecting to win money, but if you like a little flyer, you like a little taste, you want something a little strange tonight while watching this fight, I see some value there. I see this going deep, a little bit deeper into that third round. I think if it goes round three, by that point, somebody's going to be beat the fuck up, obviously. Um, but it went to round two last time. I think Connor's going to be, I think, hopefully a little bit different here. He seems to be a little bit more disciplined. We saw that he was in California, brought no family, no friends, just his fight team, which obviously he's got friends on that team, his coaches, and he's been grinding. But... If he hasn't changed his style at all, if he hasn't grown, if he's if he's stagnated in his progression, I think Dustin Poirier brings his man out into the the deep waters and in round three he's knocking him out, which I don't want to see. I want to see Connor competing for a belt again. He's one of the most electric fighters in the game. This is a man who, when we talk about legacy, I will say had the greatest rise, the greatest in the history of the UFC rise through a division. When he came up through that featherweight division, that was the greatest rise any fighter has ever had. He became bigger than the sport. I mean, I know we, we obviously there's the famous Floyd and Connor fight, and right nowadays it seems like, yeah, no, like it doesn't seem that crazy to make it, but it, it's insane that that fight even had serious talk about it, never mind actually happened. Um, but that is the power of Conor McGregor. That's the star power he brought. He was bigger than the sport. Now, the sport has caught up to him. Obviously, the UFC has seen enormous growth here, especially during the pandemic. But this man was phenomenal. He starched Aldo in one punch, baited him in such a beautiful move that he had been practicing. We've seen that the behind-the-film scene where he practiced that, baited him, starched him, one punch, pound-for-pound pound greatest fighter at that time to be thought of as the greatest pound-for-pound pound fighter quite possibly ever at the time. Um, you know, he had a seven-win streak. And, you know, he's had some insane fights. The two fights with Nate Diaz, even though he lost one of those, those were legacy-building fights. That was, I am a, I will fight you to the death type of fight. I am down to brawl at any point. I'm no pretty boy. I'm ready to smash skulls. Um, that is who he is. And this is going to be a good one. I'm very excited for it. I hope that gave you some decent information. It was a quick hitter today. Next week, though, we are coming back in full form. We are going to be bringing you the NFL show, college show. We're going to be having here in a couple weeks where we break down our picks for the college football season, but we are getting there, folks. We're getting real close. Final thing before I, I uh, call it a day here, get to the gym and then head down to Lexington and watch this fight. Tampa Bay Lightning. Double champ champs. No coincidence there. That might, folks, have been the greatest hockey team in the last decade or so, probably. I'm not going to say ever, but God damn, was that a good hockey team. I mean, you had four perfectly balanced lines. You had goaltending out the wazoo. I mean, pitching a shutout, five straight closing series games is phenomenal. And 
the stat was a little weird. I had to, the way I phrase it is from last year's Stanley Cup, the game they won to win the Stanley Cup shutout, to now shutout last game. All of their playoff series games in which they won and closed out the series were shutouts. That's phenomenal. I mean, they saw the open ice perfectly. They executed their paths perfectly. Great shot selections. I mean, the Lightning for so long, um, and that that famous tweet after the Columbus Blue Jackets game kind of turned that around. I mean, Tom Brady really turned it around if we're talking about it. But uh, the man goes to a city, you become champions. Um they got a little bit more physicality on the team, which they always needed. They've kept that. They're not getting bullied around anymore. They're fast as hell. I mean, they just smoke teams. It's an. It's a, a honestly, if you you know the one team, the one franchise. You know, it's not. You don't love losing, obviously, but if there's something to take it away, the Flyers. The way the Flyers played the Lightning. I mean. The Flyers aren't that far off. They, now, you know, we know in hockey it can go sour real, real quick and you make some bad organizational decisions, but the Flyers are, that's a that's a hockey team there. Um, they, they put up the good fight against the, the Lightning. Um, but great team, great hockey series. We're going to be back next week. Going to get some football going. I'm very excited for it. UFC 264 is going to be a great one. Buy the card. Let's go, baby. Uh-huh.